come with me into the tormented, haunted, half-lit night of the insane. This is my work. Let me lead you into it. Let me take you into the mind of a woman who is mad. Hi, and welcome to Beyond the Cabin in the Woods, a good ghoul's guide to horror. I'm your polter guide, Kinsey. I'm your polter guide, Donna. And I'm your Polter Guide Mac. And this week we watched the brand spanking new Evil Dead Rise. Uh, so we're going to be in spoiler territory, like lickety split, probably even when we start discussing our movie experience. So if you haven't seen it, pause it, come back. It's fine. It's fine. We understand. So let's go around. Did you like it? Did you not like it? What was your movie theater experience like? Let's <laughs> let's get into it. Um, You know, I... I, I liked it okay. It it wasn't the best Evil Dead movie, but I I didn't hate it. Okay. I, I didn't regret that I spent money to go see it. So I enjoyed it. It had moments. That's going on the poster. I didn't regret spending money. Because... <laughs> I didn't regret that I paid money for a ticket for this movie. <laughs> uh, I I saw it at uh, I saw it on Thursday night, and I I just had so much fun. Like I knew it was going to be gory. I had seen Bruce Campbell sharing some stuff on Twitter, kind of behind the scenes. You did AMC, I'm assuming? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, sorry, I was thinking of some kind of joke you were going to say with it, and I was already pre-laughing, and it was... Same. Podcast listeners know my feelings about the the feudal system in place at AMC. Um, Surprisingly, I mean, the audience was good. It was, it was, they were all age-appropriate for that uh, illustrious 420 date (laughs) and i yeah i dug it it was gross it was it made me kind of a couple times and yeah got a couple moments kind of made me want to climb out of my seat and hide my eyes so i was a good time i forgot to mention my viewing experience i'm sorry mac i saw this on friday afternoon and when i bought my tickets on wednesday it was for 1 30 and when I arrived at the theater at 1.10, I sat in my car and browsed my phone for a little bit. And I went in at 1.22. And when I picked up my tickets, it printed them off for 1.15. Ooh. And I was like, shit. So I did not buy popcorn. I did not buy a drink. I scurried my ass to the theater and arrived for the very end of the preview for Talk to Me. Nice. Which looks, I don't know, a little interesting. And got to my seat just in time to be warned that they would kick me out if I recorded the movie on my phone. So I did get to see the beginning of the movie, which is something I'm going to talk about a little later on. So that was my viewing experience, was panic I was going to miss the beginning of the movie. Please go ahead, Mac. I have almost exactly the opposite experience. I got, I did synergy, which I don't normally do, but uh, I, I just wanted to sync up for like my weekend has been packed and packed and packed schedule wise. So I had to merge a meal and the movie. So synergy was the only choice um, and got there in plenty of time, got there maybe a little too early to the point where I could uh, play a little bit of pinball beforehand um, though. something Okay. The movie's good. I like the movie very, very much. It's lethal in its efficiency. It doesn't waste a second 
Uh, here's a bit of a confession. I actually think I prefer it to some of the Sam Raimi movies because Sam Raimi's frenetic style always felt more appropriate to a superhero movie than a horror movie. I always felt discombobulated with some of his... Like it was, I am not the biggest Evil Dead 2 fan in the world. That's That's part of my confession. I like this. Very disturbing. A lot of really inventive ways to deliver scares. The peephole sequence is is pretty oh. freaking terrific, top to bottom. Okay, but those synergy chairs they sink down and they ha- they're warm, and and I I fell asleep for some portion of the film. Looking at the Wikipedia description of the plot, I believe I only missed a little bit. Now, granted, it was a chainsaw part, so I, it may be a central part. Like, honest to God, I they were they were trying to escape the apartment, and then I I had lost time. I might have gone to an alien spaceship, and then we were at the end. And I felt pretty bad about that because I did enjoy the movie, but I think the flesh is is exhausted right now, and it was just like this seat is very nice. Uh, you know, you don't have to worry about this, man. So. Uh, I will tell you, those seats are the devil. I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, also with the heater, they're yeah. the devil. I, yeah, it, I, it, it, happens. it happens. I don't know why Jordan Peele was so worried. The sunken place is delightful, <laughs> as I know in those chairs. If you do, they're reclined chairs. Reclined chairs are very typical in movie theaters. This one lowers and then reclines. So you go down a foot, foot and a half. As you're reclining, and it, it it's disconcerting at first, but then it becomes a part of you, and uh, yeah, I don't think I'll be going back to Synergy. Not because they're doing anything wrong, but because it's it's just not what I should be doing, especially for podcast <laughs> notes. I, I will comment that I nearly napped while watching this film, and I did not do it at Synergy, so it's not entirely Synergy's fault. Okay. I'm just a very, very picky sleeper. So um, there's no way I'm napping at a movie theater. Uh, if I get warm and still, I will uh, fall asleep. That is me. So uh, I did not run into this with this movie, but uh, it doesn't matter. That is that is my superpower. That is my superpower right there is that if I get warm and still or sometimes even just still, uh, I'm going to fall asleep. Usually by the end of the movie, I, I feel a little bit of back discomfort or, or like like just my butt starts to get numb. So I'm not in a place to fall asleep because I'm getting just unpleasant sensations. Something about those synergy chairs is not no joke. I yeah, I I I bet too big and my own sense of fatigue won. So our good good buddies at IMDB want you to know. That a twisted tale of two estranged sisters whose reunion is cut short by the rise of flesh-possessing demons thrusting them into a primal battle for survival as they face the most nightmarish version of family imaginable. It's not as bad as Renfield where they were using their ACT words. (laughs) Yeah. They don't face it, really. No. One of of them's... Good and dead very early on. There's there's very little facing yeah. by the family. No, and I'm going to give you a preview to the first little rant I'm going on here. This movie was written and shown as a prime example of why writing groups will tell you you should not use a prologue 
in your writing. Okay. That's that's what I'm going to stand by. I'm processing that. I'm thinking of the writing group you're referring to and say, yeah, fuck them. Uh, <laughs> but uh, that's my that's my first instinct. And I and I don't have a problem on spec with prologues. This one I'm gonna say doesn't really connect to the whole thing. The prologue I thought was I thought it was interesting just because then I'm wondering, well, how do we get back to the woods? Like I, you know, I didn't know. Go. I that's what I was I was curious about is like, well, how do how are we getting back to the wood. I mean, how are we getting to this point that we're seeing what we know of as an, as an evil dead film, you know, shit goes down in a cabin. Um, but somebody... the answer sort of perfunctory. It's just, Oh, she, she lived in the apartment. Well, yeah, I'm not saying I wasn't expecting it to be that simple. <laughs> I'm not. Yeah. So, but you know, I did want to know. Here's the little rant. Okay. So if you if you if you have ever written anything and then taken it to a writing group, you will quickly be introduced to the rules, the rules that are inviolate and can never be violated. My own opinion of these rules is if you've got the chops, violate them. That's my opinion, is that if you can do it, for instance, one of the rules, as I get very far afield, one of the rules is you should never write a story in which your character, which starts with your character waking up. I have written a story which, by necessity, needed to start with the character waking up, and I lost in a contest because one of the judges says I didn't read this story because it started with the character waking up, and I'm like, "Fuck you!" If you had read the story, you would have seen that it needed to start that way. I tried to rewrite it with the character not waking up at the beginning. Doesn't work. Anyway. I would rather spend time with deadites than most writing groups or writing contests at this point in my life. I'm just going to interject with that. Uh, Another of the rules is that you really don't need a prologue. You just don't. You don't need a prologue. Don't use a prologue. Sometimes you need a prologue. Okay. The problem with this prologue, which, hey, spoilers starts at a cabin in the woods where you see a girl named Jessica turn into a deadite, scalp one of her friends, and then drown? Maybe? Maybe he doesn't live long enough to drown her useless meat puppet of a boyfriend and then rise up out of the water so that we can have the title Evil Dead Rise. I really did like that title, how the title came up. That was good. That was good. And Then we start the actual movie, which is a completely unrelated family stuck in apartment. The problem being that I spent, I'm going to say, the first third of the movie looking for one of those three characters. And for a little bit, because I think I have a little bit of face blindness, not a lot, but a little bit. I have a little bit of face blindness. So for a while, I was trying to think maybe the mom, is that Jessica? And I finally was like, they're definitely not calling her Jessica. And then Beth showed up and I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's not the dark haired girl whose name I've already forgotten. Dan is definitely not Caleb. None of the guys that we see as secondary characters are Dan. Okay, so I spent like the first third, maybe a half of the movie looking for one of those characters that were in the cabin in the woods before I finally got distracted enough to be what was going on. But I would continually go back looking for that connection, trying to find 
those characters. And then at the end, finally, they are now spreading infectious particles all over the garage. And I'm like, okay, there it is. There it is. One of these cars belongs to one of those people. And then sure enough, Jessica shows up. So the prologue was actually very distracting. I have I, I have a little bit of face blindness and name unforgettingness. Uh, so I was not like thinking Jessica. I was like, uh, like one of these two ladies has got to be the one from the, the beginning. And so I, I figured it was Beth. Uh, the no prologue rule is bullshit because anytime you're adhering to a rule that steadfastly, you're cutting off avenues and you tend to not scrutinize why that rule is there. So in a story that might need a prologue, you don't put it there and that's a mistake. This is, it's, it's, it's a brief instance of this movie wasting time when it's so good at not wasting time little, literally everywhere else. I don't feel like this prologue added anything. I agree. And it distracted me when I really didn't need to be distracted. I really needed to be paying attention to this movie. And as far as that prologue rules goes, there are some stories that need prologues. And there are some stories that definitely do not need prologues. And this story did not need a prologue. We didn't need it. The only thing that prologue did was let us know that the Deadites were not stopped. That was it. That's all it told us. And you could have cut that prologue off completely and we still would have got that message from the end. So... If I've seen the Evil Dead remake, it's been a while and it did not stick in my memory. I'm thinking there was a point in the movie where I was like, are these the characters from Evil Dead 2013? And it's supposed to give some kind of connective tissue to them. And no, these are just three randos. The the main connection I remember right now, now I'm confusing myself. I think the connection just becomes that the rules remain clear and finite, like as in this case where the recording worked and we were supposed to remember that the recording works mm. so there you go the necronomicon the necronomicon is the continuing character or is it's, it it's, it's it's had a starring role in all of them <laughs> i mean but which one wait well, yeah i'm getting to the poll so uh, there that's that's my rant i'm done we can move on yeah no and that's and that's fine like i said i i didn't have a problem with the prologue so but i also understand y'all's problem and so and that's okay i uh i was just reminded as y'all was talking about writing groups and this is all i will say about that is that my online round robin writing group was a less of dicks because <laughs> we had two rules don't be a dick to everyone else and then don't uh uh you can't use ann rice characters because she doesn't like it in your fan fiction and that was it those were our two rules Anyway, that's all I'll say about that. Uh, my, my writing group absolutely crushed my will to write. So there you go. Yeah. Um, and it's just like literally the last few weeks that I've actually started having a story come back up into my brain and start going, you should write me. You want to talk about too many rules? That writing group had bylaws. Okay. Uh, but back to this movie. I know Mac likes to talk. Uh, uh, Mac and his... Uh, feudal system <laughs> it's bad it's bad <laughs> at amc but i'm gonna tell you the earthquake scene in the dolby was fire mm. it was fire like i felt it in my seat i heard it all around me like 
it was a full immersive experience. That's I, that's all I'm going to say about the AMC. But the AMC Dolby with that, that was good. That was that was nice. So I one thing I will give this movie, I did not expect it to kill kids. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Let's let's talk about that. I really expected the kids to live. And I was surprised. I don't want to say pleasantly. That's not the right way to describe killing kids. But I was surprised. It didn't contort itself to not kill the kids. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I think the pleasant surprise is. It, it, the kids didn't survive in a way that felt unreal, illegitimate. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That works. Too. I mean, it followed that Bridget died. It made sense that Dan died. And it um, kept the stakes up of the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. However, I I didn't believe Cassie was ever in any danger. Well, in the plot of the movie, I believed Cassie was in danger. <laughs> but in, no. in like, I don't believe they're going to kill Cassie. I don't know. I, I, I just don't believe they're going to. A kid deadite could have been dope. Yeah. It could have been. But the way deadites kill people, I didn't believe they were going to kill Cassie. Yeah, yeah. Even drowning in the elevator. I, I never believed for a moment that they were actually going to die. And then there was the shining, the shot from the shining. Like, why? Why did you do that? Why did you do that? That is iconic. That is that is the shining. And I don't even like Kubrick's The Shining. And that's I don't. You know I don't. I know. I know. I don't, I don't scowl at me, Matt. I am disapproving. <laughs> <laughs> And I will I will defend that as an iconic The Shining shot. And yeah. you went there. Why did you go there? You didn't have to do that. See, and I wasn't... So I, I'm not a fan of Kubrick's The Shining. I like the elevator scene and I like the carpet pattern. Like, that's... I, I mean, that's <laughs> what I like. I like that, I, that, that image of the carpet pattern, the orange, not the purple one. <laughs> not the purple and green one, but the orange one. I need to... If you've listened to the episode, need to be very specific on what <laughs> pattern I like. Hey, whatever you do on your own time, Kenzie, is your business. <laughs> I thought this was a this was a this was a fun update because it's not it's not a bloated shot. It's fast. It's brutal. You're seeing the effects because we have already seen inside the elevator. I think not seeing the payoff of them getting out, I think would have been a disservice. It's not like, let's stay focused super intensely on this elevator and watch the blood slowly come out. It's not doing that. No, it is whoosh. So I'm okay with that. Plus it's not right on. It was kind of at an angle. So you could see them just slip sliding out. Also, I think any Warner Brothers produced horror movie is actually contractually obligated to recreate that shot. Kubrick's contract in the 80s was really weird. <laughs> really weird. <laughs> Must pay homage to uh, me. Yes. For for 1,000 years, all Warner Brothers horror <laughs> films must include an elevator bloodshot. Oh, they got that Disney lawyer action, huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Brought in a couple of Scientology guys. They really did a number on it. Now, it, you know, is it enforceable? Maybe not, but... You Maybe know. it is. Maybe it, who wants to try? <laughs> like Warner Brothers has the money to just, you know, waste $90 million on nothing. Ouch, Mac. 
Ouch. Oh, man. That hurt. That hurt, man. <laughs> because know, they don't. Matt, words hurt, okay? They, yeah, oh, yeah. Words, no. Actions hurt, Zaslav. Inaction hurts, Zaslav. <laughs> Let's talk about the cheese grater and tattoo gun. I love, I think, I well, would it be considered Chekhov's gun? I love when Chekhov's gun, there is a payoff. We had seen the cheese grater. We had seen her doing tattoos and that she was a tattoo artist and working on it. And to see those come into such unique ways, like, oh. It, it, what was the name of the, the doll? Staphany? Staphany, yeah. Staphany was another one. Yeah. But, Stephanie yeah. did protect them. She did. She, she did. She, well, girl wasn't wrong with Stephanie. Mm-hmm. And when but, that when that piece of wood broke, I remember thinking, oh, that's dangerous. Mm-hmm. That's dangerous. And then, yeah, 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 it was dangerous. Yeah, there was those, because uh, I'm glad you mentioned Stephanie, because I forgot about her, because I was too traumatized by the cheese grater and the tattoo gun. Uh, the cheese grater got me. Um, oh, yeah. Like, I yelled out loud in several scenes back in Renfield. I didn't yell out loud in anything in this movie. The cheese grater nearly got me, though. Because if you've ever grated something and got your knuckles, you know that hurts. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, That that mm -hmm. hurts. Mm -hmm. And having it dragged down your thigh like that. Yeah. Was it her? I thought it was her calf, the back of her calf. Oh, her calf. Yes. Yeah, because she's trying to get away from Deadite Bridget, is it, that does it? Yeah, it's Bridget. Yeah, Deadite Bridget. And Bridget grabs that cheese grater and just... And it's... Oh, and that's going to hurt for a while. And what got Deadite Bridget infected, just so everybody knows, uh, the Deadite mom takes her tattoo gun and starts to try to tattoo on her face and opens up like a little cut. And oh, it's all it's all gross and it's all good. But oh, and then the thing is, tattoo guns don't penetrate very deep. They only penetrate down into, they, they don't even penetrate through the skin. They penetrate into the skin. They don't go through the skin. Well, I'm willing so. to bet the Deadite Mom is probably pressing down pretty hard. Okay, that's fair. I mean, I don't think, the, by that point, there's nothing left of Mom in there. That is full Deadite, so that is a weapon. <laughs> fair. Oh, and then also you had Deadite Bridget eating glass. Oh, which... Oh my gosh. Seriously, there's there's some gnarly gore. <laughs> I don't and know. That, that bit where a piece of glass came through the skin of her neck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was uh Yeah. And I love I love with this, and I'm also kind of jumping a little bit, the carnage in the hallway. When they do get the dead eye mom locked out there, because I leaned over to Billy and I was like, Well, they're dead. Like I just because she because you start hearing doors open for the few neighbors that are on at in that hall, and it was just like you would hear it, and then you'd see a flash through the little peephole, which I love the peephole gag, and then you'd hear some more, and then like then you just had the blood running down the peephole, like oh, it was it was good stuff. It was if good. If somebody good stuff. hasn't already uploaded uh, a version of that hallway scene with the Keystone Cops music over it. <laughs> Or, or do, Benny Hill or, or yeah. Benny Hill or yeah. What you're saying yeah. is internet do your thing. Yeah. <laughs> internet get on it. Yeah. Um and speaking of Chekhov's gun, the shotgun mentioned 
very early on. And then, uh, and then you saw the chainsaw down in the garage. Like they, they, they did like, I want to say it was like during the earth, when they're coming back right before the earthquake happens is when the chainsaw comes into play. I can't remember exactly, but it was another, it was already in the, no, it wasn't in, yeah, it was in the garage. Yeah. It was already in the garage, but they, they did a, they did a lot of telegraphing, but it was good telegraphing that I'm wasn't mad at. And when they're when they're trying to get out through that door before having to use the elevator to hell, just when all of the deadites start saying dead by dawn, I was like, there we go. That there, was good. There we go. That was a good moment. So Mac, you made a little bit of an evil dead confession. So here is my evil dead confession. Uh I saw Army of Darkness first when it comes to the original three, and I prefer Army of Darkness over the other two. The other two are fine. I'm and, the same way. And but I, I mean, saw Army Arm that was the tone that was set for me was Army of Darkness. And yeah. But that's only with the original three. Like now I I, I like the remake. I dug this one as as we've been talking about, but I decided I didn't want you to feel alone with the evil. No, Dead I'm the same. I also saw Army of Darkness first. Nice. Um the the thing is Army of Darkness is a completely different movie from Evil Dead 2. Oh, definitely. Or Evil Dead, which are, you know, but they're 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 very different. It's like it's like to make a weird comparison, Alien and Aliens 2 or yeah. Terminator and Terminator 2. It's really hard to say one's better than the other because they're very different movies. Yeah. Um and yeah. Evil Dead or Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness are very different movies. Um, so yeah, I love Army of Darkness and the fact that my ex-husband took it when we divorced is something I've never forgiven him for. I mean, it's on the list. There's a very long list. I was about to say, that's the only thing? That, I I mean, like, you, two could, you two kids could have worked it out if you had two copies of Army of Darkness. <laughs> I mean, a Donna, very, I'm going to say... Long list. I just want to be clear that that's on it. I'm going to say, Donna, that moves right to the top of my list on why I don't like this person, even though I've never met them, but... I just want to be clear, it was mine. I brought that into the marriage. And he took it. So, um... <laughs> but yeah, I'm the same. I saw Army of Darkness first, and that's what drew me into the whole Evil Dead situation. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's it's probably my favorite of the whole thing. Because, I mean, goddamn, that's a good movie. <laughs> so it's got it's got Bruce. I mean, it's got peak Bruce Campbell. What more could you ask? Exactly. And I think it's more in Rainey's wheelhouse in that sort of frenetic energy that he brings to it. Doesn't still dread. It's sort of adrenaline pumping and 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 adventure. That's why those Spider-Man movies, except for the third one, are great. And. Uh, Army of Darkness, I think, is is the strongest of the ones that he directed. Yeah, yeah. So, so back to this movie, the <laughs> Evil Dead Rise. I really liked that it would flash the Necronomicon and kind of give you an idea of what was coming. And so I'm going to jump into that final flesh monster just so we're clear here because I have to talk about that thing. The dread that they built up with this thing was chef's kiss top notch because i felt it in my body like i you know you see the picture in the book and then you will get like you got little shots of it and it was it just was dread 
inducing. You could hear it. You'd see an arm. You'd see just bits and pieces. And you just, until they finally showed it, you were just like, holy crap. Like that had me crawling out of my seat. Like I was just uncomfortable and terrified. And I loved it. It was a very good monster. It's been a while since I've had a monster like that that has scared me. Mm -hmm. And I, and I, I, I thought about it way too long, just so we're clear (laughs) in my brain, how I conceptualized it and how it and why it terrified me is I started my brain immediately went to the cane monster in Poltergeist 2, which that thing fucking terrifies me. I'm a grown ass woman and that thing terrifies me. Um, And it went to that with just the limbs and the, oh, yeah. Like the Slither monster didn't bother me. Like, okay, that's, you know, it's all done in camp and it's fun and we love Slither. But that thing, oh, oh. Okay. Do we have anything else on Evil Dead Rise? Are we ready to... It's a very lean movie. So I mean, uh, it is. The lack of things we have to talk about is not a poor reflection on the movie. It's just... No, I mean... It's yeah, and I mean you're right. It is a super lean movie. It's like an hour and thirty six minutes, I think, is what yeah. it is. And could have, could have been an even ninety if you cut out the beginning and the ending. Well, and it's one of those that I mean we'd mention it. It doesn't waste anything, and when it really starts firing, I think you kind of have a moment. You're like, oh shit, we still probably have at least an hour left, and it doesn't. It's relentless. It doesn't let up. So I think one of the problems I have is. The last Evil Dead movie, I think, had really raised the bar pretty high on gore. Well, they had a whole, it rained blood. <laughs> yeah. In the finale. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. And so, I think they're they're reaching a point where they're not able to increase the gore, which, which means future... Sounds like a challenge, but, yeah. Future Evil Dead movies are kind of having a problem... Of maybe they need they they may be able to move lateral on on gore, but there there really is not very much further increase that you can find in the gore, and and that may be why I wasn't as impressed with this movie as I hoped to be. I don't know. Okay, I mean, and that's that's valid. I like I said, I was fine with the gore, and I think they. With this one, yeah, they didn't raise the gore, but to me, I felt like they raised the tension as kind of what I talked about. So I mm-hmm. I was fine with that trade-off because with the remake, I never, I don't remember being as tense as I was. Cause, and I think that's because it was still a setting we were familiar with. Like if you've watched any of the Evil Dead, you, it's a cabin in the woods, you know, you're, you're used to that, you're, mm-hmm. you know what to expect, but this one, changing the setting... And you you don't know what you're gonna get, and then and like we also mentioned, they killed kids, and mm-hmm. you know I mean Halloween, uh, 2018 Halloween kind of opened that door. I don't want to say it where it's like it's cool to do it because that doesn't sound that's not the right tone, but it was it was always it's always been kind of an unwritten rule in horror you didn't do that, and, yeah, and Halloween did that, and I think we're we're now starting to kind of see the effects of that and i think this movie is the the first one yeah yeah so So i have our quote now we did have a lot of quotes that we liked i mean there's a lot of good ones on here um 
I know we we talked about the mommies with the maggots now. Uh, and honestly, if they hadn't have used that so much in the trailer, we probably would have done that one. I know, Donnie, you had a quote that uh, you liked that, and I'm sorry, I can't remember <laughs> what it was that you had suggested. Maggots, I know the mommy and the maggots was was a Mac idea as well. It also uh, had, uh, all I could think about was cutting you all open and climbing inside your bodies so that we could be, so we could stay one happy family. Yeah, I mean, there was, like I said, there's some good creepy quotes, some really good deadite quotes. and But what we landed on, still a deadite quote, <laughs> was, I gotta kill the creepy crawlies inside my tummy. <laughs> so yeah, we had some, there's, there's some, there's some good ones out there with this one. Yeah. All right. Uh, now our rule is going to be a little bit interesting. Donna, do you want to, since this was your idea, do you want to set up the. Yes. So our, our, our rule is respect earthquake safety protocols. But also don't take anything from a safety deposit box that you didn't put in there in the first place. And if something is guarded by that many crosses and St. Benedict's, leave it alone. No, we we had decided with the rule we all were dancing around the same thing. And we all had a different take on the same thing. And Donna came up with, let's just, let's combine all three of them. And that is why you have a three-part rule from all of us. Because it's, with this film to survive it, it's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty important. Just, just saying. And Mac, you have our poll. So, is this, is the Necronomicon we see in this movie a third version of it that we see in, the, in these movies? Is it the same as in the remake? I don't know a more profound way to put that question. And I don't think, like, because I don't think it's the one from the first three. I do think it's a third one. And the reason I think that is if it were the same one, they would have made a point of showing us pictures from the previous movies. And I was looking for them. I was looking for pictures from previous movies and they weren't there. Mm. So the fact that it didn't show us those pictures, I think it is a third one. Well, and the pictures we see in this one, I know are different than the original Evil Dead and then in the, right. re in the remake. And I love the idea that there's multiple versions of this book in different timelines because that's fucking terrifying and you don't know which Necronomicon you're going to get. So my spooky brain huh. loves the idea of multiples of this terrifying book because as we saw, these deadites didn't act the way we had seen other deadites and this was a different type of infection and how it was spread. So yeah, I, I think this is a different book and that's just terrifying. <laughs> mm -hmm. The various Wikipedia pages and the Evil Dead wiki seem to think that this is the same one from the the remake. Really? Okay. Uh, I I agree with you. Like, if that's the case, there's some continuity issues. But then again, that the, the books of Dead uh, are not unknown to travel through time, so. It could be bouncing around in various points. Uh, the filmmaker said that uh, Bruce's cameo in the in the uh, vinyl recordings was intended to be Ash once again displaced in time into the 1920s. Oh, I did not recognize his voice. 
I didn't either. So not is uh, there are some answers out there but they only lead to additional questions i think i like that even more that he yeah. is displaced through time and there's other other books yeah now i'm now i'm annoyed with myself for not recognizing him well he's 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 an older gentleman now you know voices change as we age so it's he he could have been doing something with I his be- voice i believe he's the one that shouts on the record like they call it the book of dead for a reason Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so he wasn't the priest. No. He was a priest. I don't believe so. Okay. They call it the Book of the Dead for a reason. That would be Ash. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That would uh that would definitely be him. Okay. Right. Do we have anything else on Evil Dead Rise? I mean, it's a good time. It is yeah. definitely a good time. It is a- it's an entertaining movie. It was not my favorite Evil Dead movie, but it's a good it's it's an entertaining movie. It lulled me to sleep. So it, it, was, <laughs> it says more about me than I think the movie or anything else. I mean, if if you're if you're not gore, if you're squeamish on gore, give it a pass. That's fine. I mean, and I'll, I'll even say that other than Army of Darkness, give the Evil Dead a series a pass in general. But, yeah. But if if you're not squeamish on gore, it's it's a good time, and just don't see it at synergy if you have <laughs> right. Or just be, they get some coffee. They, they're selling Dunkin' coffee in the bottles now. Coffee's probably the better beverage choice. At, uh, yeah. And at, don't turn on synergy. And don't turn on the seat warmer. Just... Don't turn on the seat warmer. Yeah. And if you're squeamish about kids in peril, this may not be the movie for you either. Right. Just This is just, this is why we, we do the hard hitting journalism facts here. Right. <laughs> is uh, how to help you survive these. This is what we do. Yeah. If you guys don't mind, I'm going to go first on Happy Place. Uh, so as those of you that follow us on Twitter, you saw yesterday was my birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you both. And, uh, I just was struck with, I have been lucky enough to go around the sun 45 times and I'm doing, I doing what I love and being around people that I love, like getting to talk to my friends about horror films. If you would have told me that at any age I would have just thought you were full of shit that I I'm getting I'm fortunate enough to do that that I get to do this with my friends yesterday I played Star Wars D&D with my friends and that I get to do this and I have this this fullness of life and you know and it just like I said it's it just it, it was just a very lovely and happy thought and just I just wanted to yeah that's my happy place right now my happiness was almost Star Trek Picard again. The series finale was this week. and uh, That would have been a valid one, too. Mild spoilers. Everybody's okay. And that, I was not prepared for death and destruction, and I didn't get it. So, but the real happy place is, and I don't know if I'm going to actually leak this information now, because I want this in my little pocket. I told Kenzie off mic, but... Uh, I, I had an inside track on some of the, the special event screenings here here in Tulsa over the next month or so. And I'm just so excited for the movie nerd in me in the month of June. Uh, there are so many things that are happening that month that it's like week after week after week. Not the least of which is The Flash finally coming to us. <laughs> I've been asking for it before they knew they could do it. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, yeah, that, that's going to be great. And several other just really great stuff coming up. And my movie nerd, once the semester's over, my, I, I am 
if I'm if I can find more either depths or heights of my movie nerdness, I intend to reach for them this summer, and I'm looking forward to it. I was also tempted to do Star Trek Picard because I actually just streamed the entirety of Star Trek Picard just in time to watch the finale when yes. it released. Yes. Um, in fact, we're going to have a conversation about Star Trek Picard um, as soon as we're done recording. But I think I'm going to go with instead how streaming services have allowed us to have such really good quality sci-fi so much of it um how i can have so much pedro pascal just streamed <laughs> into just right here just right here how i can have so much star trek i can have so much star wars i can have the the, the seth mcfarland show orville i can have orville. orville i can have star trek i can have star wars i can have all of it just like non-stop fantastic sci-fi all the time and it, it makes it makes this little girl happy my so. theory is that there's actually three pedro pascals because <laughs> that's the only way he's going to get that kind of that kind of work done <laughs> i he's mean he's 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 a solidly middle-aged man and he's got to be getting tired so i mean he's a fantastic solidly middle-aged man but he's gonna be getting tired so um anyway there that's it but also star trek picard so that's a good that's a that's a solid happy place yeah well you can find us on social media we're at beyond cabin we also have a facebook group page uh, beyond the cabin in the woods our website is beyond the cabin in the woods.com I am also on social media on Twitter and Instagram as at Callista77. I am on Twitter and Instagram at Dragon Goblin. No, I and Goblin. Though I got to tell you, the day when I leave Twitter is becoming closer and closer and closer because, dear God, Twitter is absurd. Uh, I am on Twitter at Party Apocalypse. I am similarly disenchanted with the the new Twitter. Uh, there are a few accounts that are amusing to see their content. I may stick around to see those, but a as a communication tool, as an information tool, its day has passed. I'm also, I guess, on Instagram, I think, at Party Apocalypse. I honestly don't know, guys. <laughs> uh the but also partyapocalypse.com for all your entertainment needs this podcast including other podcasts uh the holodeck is broken our star trek rewatch podcast bringing up picard we'll be doing a, a season three picard special report here in a couple of weeks and we also have disorganized a criminal minds podcast that started up here recently we have full runs of the fourth wall as the myth turns and friendables two friends talking about hannibal lecter and eventually we're probably going to have a new show called Pedro's Pascal because there's so much <laughs> and we have to contain it under one podcast. <laughs> Partyapocalypse.com, books, blogs, and movie reviews, and those podcasts. As always, thanks to our editor, Billy. He makes us sound fantastic. We do appreciate you, babe. Thank you, Billy. Yes, thank you. Also, thank you for listening. Please rate, review, and subscribe to us if you aren't already doing so. Oh, and don't read the Latin. Dead by dawn. Dead by dawn. Dead by dawn. Do you know what horror is? <laughs>